the Friday GAA podcast with thanks to GAA Go, official home for live and on-demand GAA match streaming worldwide. Goal on here, goal chance for Conor McGrath. Surely give it in, Conor. Mackie heading it towards the 21 metre line. Keep Mackie chance. still going. Go on, goal is up for Cats. Oh, what a goal. I can't think of a better position or a better place to be in right now, anywhere in the world. It's time to take Sam to throne. If you look back in sporting history, you'll see that the whingers and the whiners are forgotten. The characters remembered briefly. But will stick in your mind at the champions who showed car. I want nothing to do with that, to be quite honest. You know, I think it's a disgrace. A small change before the game, worth the street. I think it looks like a All right, you're very welcome along to the Friday GA podcast. Adrian Barry here, Mick McCarthy there. Hi, Adrian. How's it going? You've kept me on. Yeah, you were here last week. It's a tough, tough times in the news talk sports department. You stood out. You stood out so much that we decided let's get this guy back. I talked last week. I was like a basketball guy who just like dresses for the sake of it, but never gets called (laughs) into the game. And then I was just like, what the hell's going on here? And then so I obviously like I don't know. You were blessed. We're we're in the injury crisis at the moment. You were blessed, Mick. That's the way to look at this thing. Tommy Rooney. Good afternoon to you, Adrian. How are you? A regular starter. A regular starter. Yeah. Well, a regular starter. A regular blogger, Mick. But unfortunately, the blog this week has not appeared. There's been a lot of uproar on the Twitter machine about the lack of a blog. He decided that uh, a bit of QT with the missus was far more important than anything he could do. Listen, it's needed. I had a club game as well, Wednesday night, so I just didn't have my head in in the blog game this week. Well, you know, it's all very well, isn't it? My head wasn't in it, so we won't bother turning up to work. I don't know, it's a new one to me. Look at Tommy, that's what makes you sleep a little easier at night, and that's fine. Uh, We had emerging off the ball last night. I kind of do feel as if it is a little bit emerging off the ball Friday G podcast today. Yeah. Um, But we will run with that, lads. Um, Things went okay yesterday when you were out golfing. Good, I haven't even checked in, to be honest. You couldn't give a shot, I know that. I do understand. This I understand. Actually, I asked Donny at about 20 past nine, did the show go well? Ah, And he said it was the best show of the week. So I said, I said, you know what, that's grand. So I'll just go back into the bar here when the US Open. Somebody did say at one point afterwards, "Geez, that went that went fine." Uh, there was some sort of a reference to you know the fact that there would normally be uh, it might be a bit more of a heated day, but uh, um, everything went fine, and we didn't. I don't think uh, libel anybody or sort no. of. You know, things went fine. Um, but we did get into some GA chat, and we're going to do that uh, now as well. We have a couple of live games uh, this weekend. Uh, we have Sligo Roscommon from Arkovich Park on Saturday night. Anthony Moyles and James Horn will be alongside Oshin Langan for that one. We're going to begin our build-up at half past five um, with the two lads, and then back on air at a quarter to seven to get into the game proper. And then we have Kilkenny Wexford at Nolan Park on Sunday. Uh, Dave McIntyre will be alongside James O'Connor and Brian Hogan. I must say I'm really looking forward to this one. I think Brian is going to be, uh, I think his duty for the day is on the sideline. Um, so I don't know okay. if he's going to be uh, having conversations with the other Brian or not. It'll be interesting. But it could be interesting. Uh, we JJ Delaney in during the week, an interview that will be going out on the programme on Saturday afternoon. I was kind of chatting to him about that idea of, you know, he's making his debut for Sky this weekend. And the idea that, you know, he's been involved in that Kenny team since 2001 and... Like it's a long time, and they were also one of the sort of most teamly teams. Does that make sense? That they were, you know, the the us against the world thing was pretty front and center for Kilkenny yeah. over those years, and then suddenly you just break that thing. But the loyalty has there has to be a resonance of the loyalty for a while, I would think. So what you're saying is that Kilkenny pundits don't say anything about Kilkenny because they're too loyal to their previous regime. 
That's I'm joking, yeah, but like no, but it, there is a, there's yeah. a little bit of that. Yeah, like yeah, I, yeah. I, I was joking more so than anything else, yeah, yeah. but there is that. Like I mean, you're part of this regime for so long. Mm. If like suddenly you're sitting on the outside and you're doing a different job and you're in the media and you're supposed to look at TJ Reid, random example who you've played with for eight years and kind of say, oh look, TJ, look he's not putting it in today. Yeah, yeah, I can't yeah. imagine that. You know, I can't Difficult. imagine saying that. I can't imagine suddenly being on a off the ball. Review panel or something yeah. like that, that such a thing would well, you never do that exist, every day of the week, anyway, Mick, but, uh, and then yeah. just be criticizing you guys. You know, I'll obviously do it to your face, but I don't <laughs> yeah. think I would like to do it on ah, the, that's kind of the point. TV. I but think also, if there's a bit of space there, it happens more naturally, though. Kind of yeah. once that space kind of, I think, a couple of years, and yeah, yeah. Like the other thing is that obviously we now have Brian Henry Shefflin uh, and uh, JJ. JJ. And suddenly, like, so, so right, hurling tactics come on a lot over the last sort of five or six mm. years, but, like, the players who have the capacity to speak about that are only now beginning to filter into the media. I actually think it's, like, outside of, we may have to go through a year of kind of transition of that point that you make, Tommy, of putting that space between them. But what an exciting time for the rest of us, right? Like, that we actually get some proper insight into the game of hurling now. Well, last night, listening to Owen Kelly, he was talking about Tipperary and how to do so well with space mm. and how teams that have shut them down have have kind of confined the space and like how Kilkenny did it in the all Ireland final replay last year and Waterford did it in the last 15 minutes of the quarterfinal or the semi-final of the league this year like that's proper analysis there from only like that's mm-hmm. looking at tactics in Ireland like that's, that's it's brilliant to see like he's he's come on a lot as well mm. and he will actually be watching the Limerick Tipperary game for us at the Gaelic Grounds as well on uh, Sunday afternoon. So uh, that's enough of the cell. I think we should get into some of the meat of the games. Uh, Kilkenny Wexford, uh, first of all, lads, if that's all right with you, is a Liam Griffin during the week was talking about, um, spoke a bit about it on the show last night. He was talking about this idea that uh, Kilkenny uh, being in any way uh, sort of in transition, for want of another word, was fanciful. And I put it to uh, Dahi Mick that Kilkenny winning the All-Ireland this year would represent Brian Cody's Greatest ever achievement? Mm, yeah, I think last year is as big an achievement as I think, you know, considering someone that's so successful and stuff like that, to come from almost irrelevance in 2013, where, funnily enough, they were still involved in two or three of the biggest games of the championship and yeah. they were involved in a lot of the highlights of that year, but never competed really and were never involved. And then to come back last year and win the All Ireland. Like is just phenomenal. Like it really is. Would like, this you know, year be better just, than that? You see, if they were to do it. So you're looking this year and you're saying JJ, Tommy, and Henry. Mm. But really, you're talking about JJ mm. on last year's performance. You know, like I mean, what he did last year was cut Tommy Walsh. Really, you yeah. know, like that was yeah. a big move. Um, and like that is a huge player to replace. But they've done it before, like you know that, like it, they by Sunday they mightn't even have that in place. Mm. But I kind of feel like by September they'll have something there yeah. if they're still involved. Like it'll be a huge achievement. Don't get me wrong. Mm. I like, and I think it's it's kind of early to talk about. They haven't even played yet, and it's yeah, kind of early yeah. to talk about the achievement of them winning the All Ireland and how big it would be. I think you got to see how the season plays out as well. Mm. You know, you got to see who they play what kind of performances they're putting in, all that kind of thing. But like, there's, don't get me wrong, it would be a huge achievement. But I just think last year, to surpass last year, you want to be doing something very special because mm-hmm. that was... To, and and like and various things throughout last year as well. So say 
getting kind of caught a little bit by Galway that first day and just being like just being dominant and rootless in the replay. Uh, going on as far as Limerick and kind of getting out of jail a little bit against Limerick, but still getting the job done. Richard yeah. Power coming off the bench had been kind of like bizarrely not really involved in the early stages of the championship, comes on, changed that game, has two brilliant all Ireland finals. And then to almost be caught by tip and they talk about Kilkenny and tactics and we're mentioned it earlier but they'll deny that there's any such a tactics they changed how they played in the second in yeah, the replay definitely. of that game and they adapted way more than Tip and Amy O'Shea had been known as a tactical manager whereas Cody wouldn't be mm. and, and, and and he'd be like probably the best coach in the country and they adapted Bonnemar Lar, all the guys who killed them in the first game mm. were basically irrelevant in the replay so like I mean think about like everything that happened to Kilkenny last year I think it was just I think it was Cody's best moment mm. That uh, full-back thing is kind of interesting as well. Uh, the So, JJ's gone, and then Paul Murphy plays, I think it was five or six of the six games in the league in that position, and uh, uh, we're told that uh, uh, Joey Holden played full-back against Limerick, I think, a couple of weeks back, and played pretty well um, as well, by all accounts, and that now suddenly, after putting your faith in Paul Murphy over the uh, over the league, that, well, by all accounts, maybe Joey Bolden's going to come in there. Uh, Joey Holden. Yeah, um, like Kenny's league campaign this year is probably their worst in a long time. Whether that was a hang-up from the All-Ireland final last year, but like last year they were missing all these players, but their league was still so strong. Um, a lot of players, they were they wouldn't know too well playing in their league throughout this year, even in the forwards. John Joe Farrell was in a lot. He's kind of coming on a bit. How much is he going to play in the championship? Mm. Mark Kelly's, but then all the Ballyhale lads, lads come back, and yeah. that's almost the well, it's a good part of the entire forward division. You know, um, Wexford impressed last year, but when you look at that team sheet, Jack Guiney, that name is a big loss. Like last night, we're reading that he hit four or five in a club in a club game. Like it's it's hard to know. Mm. Like if if Kilkenny were coming up against a tougher game in their first game. They could yeah. be in trouble. Good yeah. way for them to start. Just maybe. on the the Holden thing at the start of the year. That was kind of the assumption that he would be thrown in there, and obviously um, uh, Murphy played a lot during the league. I would say that Paul Murphy is probably the best cornerback in the country, yeah. or at least in the top three. And I kind of, I, I think Cody, and I think rightly would be, you know, a little bit hesitant about giving up that. You know, it's just R- as, rather it's than just as important a position, yeah, sure. and you're kind of yeah. saying like, you know, maybe he, you know, he could end up being a brilliant fullback. I don't know, mm. but you know what he is as a cornerback, and that's just as important. You know, you've got it's a different, it's a very different position, it's a different style, especially if you are playing a old fashioned three man full back line. You know, mm. it's a very different thing. They do a lot different things, whereas your full back is the guy who, if you're marking Joe, if you're marking Seamus Callanan, whoever that might be, you mm. have to be there and holding them Shane Dowling whatever you know you can't let the, those guys dominate you put the hand up you know run in for fall over the line for goals you know so that's different than what Paul Murphy would be doing as yeah. it's less of a hurling cornerback yeah, yeah it is a little bit you know um so I like I wouldn't be surprised to see Holden and I'd be but I'd be interested in seeing what he's like I haven't seen a whole lot of him at fullback mm. so I, I'm not sure that that is the solution but I can see why they're going with it. I don't think it's a case of Sorry, Paul, we gave you your chance and it's not working out, you know? That's an important distinction, I think, in fairness. JJ himself was a wing-back to start out with and only yeah. sort of transformed into an over Yeah, me and Jar argue about this a lot. Like, we were, they, they were doing that top 15 hurlers or the team of the last 15 years thing last yeah. year. And I had JJ at wing-back 
and Jared was like, but he's been a fullback for however long. And I was like, yeah, but he was a wing back for longer and he was probably the best left half back of all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Jared was like, yeah, but he's the best fullback of all yeah. time as well. It's like, you know, like yeah. I mean, that's what JJ did. JJ yeah. completely reinvented himself. It's difficult himself to get away from hurler, point, you know? right? Like it's, yeah. it, it is. I understand. I yeah. understand. Where, where, where you're, where you're such a standout player in that position yeah. to uh, to move him somewhere else. But look, at this is what happens in GEA. It's you know. Although I think the All Stars are. Is it from next year going to move into a position where it's not going to be numbered? It's going to be six forwards, six backs. I think that's going to happen. Uh, next well, year. Maybe, it should. Yeah. maybe it should. That was the main argument I had about the about the All Stars last, last year, year was that Murphy being named at centre forward, and people were like, "Well, she didn't play either. Mm. Played either midfield or mm. full forward." But I was like, and me and Tommy talked about this a lot in column. Obviously, he was number fourteen for Donegal. How they want to play their number fourteen is up to them. You know. He's named in that position. He yeah. doesn't have to be. He, well, so, yeah, so that's, num- that's, numbers don't really exist. No, on no. The pitch but what anymore, I mean right? is, no. What I mean is, like they set out their team however they want. Yeah, but they sure, pick yeah. six, two, and six, and he's yeah. there at number fourteen. Fourteen is not there. anymore in relation to that direct area of the. Pitch, but what I'm no. saying is that's where he has to be picked on an all-star team, because it's up to Donegal how they want to play their full forward. He's still the full forward. He just might not be in there all the time. Yeah. Anyway, look, this is a, that, yeah. that's an incredible sidebar. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's what the Friday GA podcast is all about. So, um, look, we better move on. There's still a whole bunch to chat about in that game, but we do want to move on to some of the other ones. Um, Limerick, Tipperary, uh, particularly, Tommy, you kind of touched on it on Kelly last night, saying that the secret to success here for Limerick is to deny Tip a bit of space. How do you see this one going? The thing with Tipperary is that, as opposed to the other kind of, the other main Munster teams, like, Patrick Horgan hits 45% of Cork scores. Um, we were all talking about Pork Mahoney being so important for Waterford. Tipperary shared the scoring around. Seamus Callan's the main scorer, but you got Bubbles O'Dwyer there. 17% of scores, Tommy. Uh, My research tells me. Yes. We're bringing know, in numbers in to fairness, the GA that's podcast. Tommy's, uh, that's Tommy's stat from, uh, from yesterday. But it's interesting as well, because Limerick are going to have a lot to deal with. Um, Seamus Hickey and Tom Condon are the, the two kind of main man marks that they have. They have a lot to tie up there. Hickey did a great job in Noel McGrath last year. Noel McGrath isn't there for this game this year. Um, how do I see it going? I think Tipperary are going to be are going to be strong this year. Mm. But like you know, Limerick Limerick have a lot to improve on. You know, the the Beck Clare and Shane Downing had a lot more in them. Graham McCahy had a lot more in them. Declan Hannan had a lot more in them too. So if them boys bring more to the game, like this, it's going to be a cracker of a game. I just I think Tip will go. Uh, I think Tip will win it. I had Limerick back last year over three to one in this game, and I was very confident of it. And that was a good game. Limerick have beaten them two years in a row in the Munster mm. Championship. Like, and I don't think that should be slept on. There's Limerick weren't great against Clare. Well, it was like there was a long period of that game where it wasn't a good game. Seamus Hickey, I think, did better than some of the pundits let him on, but it was probably the worst game I've seen him play for Limerick. Like, because he's such a great player uh, around the field. Like, there was just. They were sloppy, I thought, at times. Like, and they just—they didn't look the team that would play the All Ireland semi final against Kilkenny last year. But the team that played the All Ireland semi final against Kilkenny last year is a brilliant team, mm. and they could be as good as Tip. And they've beaten them two years in a row. They're at home, and we haven't seen—we haven't seen Tip yet this year. Yeah. Like, so look, if more so than last year, I think just based on what happened and the how Tip got better as the year went on, um. I would kind of lean towards Tip, but like Noel McGrath's not there. You know, I don't think Lara's going to play. I'm just like thinking of the the, mm. the team that they, they had last year compared to now. I don't know how much better they'll have got. 
Limerick seemingly haven't got any better, but like no. you know, they've had but the championship game under their belt, and they've like, like they've got Keane Lynch and like they got they've, Limerick have brought in a couple of yeah. new lads this year. Like Tip, who've Tip brought on? Like I know John McGrath's been a little bit during the league, but I don't know if he's going to play on Sunday. Um, like missing Noel is a big one. Mm. Yeah, look, I, I'm sort of torn between it, I have to say, like, because Limerick, I think, still have a bit of a chip on their shoulder because they didn't feel as if they got the credit they deserved from the Munster final the previous year, yeah. and then obviously losing out last year. Maybe that counts for something, but also listening to Tom Kelly last night, talking about Tipperary being away in Carton House last weekend or the week before that, and he is clearly in the know here about the hunger that exists within that group and he was certainly talking that up last night um, which might sort of lean you towards Tipperary Yeah um, You see Donegal last week like you know and how much like I know Armad didn't show up and all but how much better they look for having a game under the belt I think that matters yeah. I think that matters for, for all teams I, you know obviously maybe not Galway but yeah. <laughs> who did they Depending really on the year Who did, yeah, who did they yeah, the Galway yeah. footballers last week but uh, oh, yeah. like you've got I, I think that I think that Limerick, you're talking about shipping the shoulder. I think there'll be. I wonder, do they have it a little bit that they've beaten Tip two years in a row, and everybody again for the second year in a row assumes the Tip are just going to beat mm. them? You know, like I, I'd be. I know we're kind of gone past the bolting on the headlines to the dressing room door sort of era, but I, I would definitely that would affect that would motivate me. I think that counts for something. It would yeah, definitely yeah, motivate yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. All right, lads. Look, we need to uh, move on to some of the other ones. Galway Leash, I presume. It's three Galways around the room here. Does anybody have anything to offer counter to that before we move on to the football? You you don't want to dismiss Leash, but Galway were I know. Dublin. But you're about to do that, Tommy. Go ahead. I'm going to dismiss them, but like that Galway full four line. I know Jason Finn is missing, but the way they started that game against Dublin, maybe it was because Dublin were so terrible in that game. But Galway looked good. Um, they know that Leash pushed them close the last two years. I doubt they're going to let it happen again. I still I'm still not convinced about how good Galway are, but um. I don't yeah, know, I just think an for the third year in a row, I just think that it'll be just a bit too much yeah. for Leash. I thought Cotton Mannion, I was at the Croker game, and I thought Cotton Mannion was brilliant that day and just looked like a really exciting hurler. And mm. obviously what he did in Tullamore and the replay like suggested that. I think Galway will win this. I have at the One thing I'd say though is Leash seemed to just have a, a thing about Galway. That like I remember last year actually, I was uh, down in Clare watching the Limerick tip game that we were just talking about in the pub. And... Um, I was kind of getting the scores of Leash Galway. Going, what the hell's going on here? And turned on Dave's commentary actually mm. on News Talk. And I had my, it was a loud pub. I had my iPhone literally up to my <laughs> ear. Stuck half And down as your everybody's ear, yeah. gathering around me, and I've got the, the microphone into my ear basically going, Leash have a point to win it. Leash have a ch- chance to win it. And I'm basically just doing commentary of Dave's commentary <laughs> to an entire pub. It's just gathering around going, What's the score now? What's the score now? <laughs> and it was incredibly exciting yeah, stuff yeah. and ultimately they didn't do it and yeah. that was probably as poor as a Galway team as you'll find yeah. and they're probably not at that ah, stage yeah. this year. And look, yeah, and you never know, like, I think Tommy puts his puts nail in the head there in terms of this Galway team that they presume probably the back of the mind is going to beat Leash and maybe that is an element of it as well. So we'll see and we'll talk to Cheddar Plunkett actually who's going to take a call from us on the show on Saturday as well to move on to the football lads because we don't have a huge amount of time. It's one of the short, shortest Friday GA podcast we've ever done. We're going to get kicked out of here in three minutes. So here goes with the Connacht uh, semi-final on Saturday evening. Um, Sligo against Roscommon. And there's been a huge deal made about Roscommon. And Woolly made the point of the show last night, and I would tend to very much agree with it, that you know we're talking about the measure of Mayo, for example, and their capacity to win Connacht, and that there's a greater challenge now from the likes of Galway, who they obviously beat uh, last weekend, and from Roscommon as well. But actually beating either of those teams 
really doesn't is no great pointer to Mayo's credentials because Roscommon are not going to win in All Ireland, for example, anytime soon. Yeah, it's a fair point. Roscommon aren't going to win in All Ireland anytime soon, but they they are going to be very competitive in Connacht for the next while, anyway. Um, what, can they win Connacht in the next couple of years? Yes. Yeah, they can definitely. You know, like they came. Andy Moran come on and changed that game last year and you can say that maybe Mayo took him for granted a little bit and it could have been a little bit rusty but like this was common team the has got quality footballers they've got a plan as well they're going to be difficult to play against you know they're going to drop their half forward line deep they're going to run from deep they've got a target man in Seneca Bride Jim Murtha we saw him in the 21 championship last year he's one of the finest left footed players in the country um, you know they've got scores in that team you know mm. Roscommon can definitely win a county title sometime soon yeah just to Wally's point briefly, I know we have to move on. Like, they have a bigger chance. Like, this is, I said on the pod last week, that it's the first time of the five that they're going for that it's a kind of title to win. Mm. That there's a, like, beating Galway and then beating Roscommon would be decent. And I'd argue that it's, you know, it's not going to prove that they can win the All-Ireland, but it's more of a test than Dublin are going to get. And it's more of a test yeah, than... Yeah, I, sure. And I would arguably say, based on the way we've seen Cork this year, that it might be more, more of a test than Kerry are going to get. Yeah. You know, so I wouldn't dismiss it. Yeah, and, and in fairness, I don't think that's what it's about, but um, I suppose it's more to do with the, like, you know, Roscommon are this coming team, team and they've been spoken about as such for the last couple of years, and now is probably the time to rather clunkily con- continue with them being a coming team. It's probably now time for them to come. <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely staying in, by the way. That is definitely staying in. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, look, can't argue with that. Sometimes <laughs> it's just time. In fact, that Did might actually that make there, that might you? actually that might actually make the uh, that might make sure it makes the headline for the uh, GA podcast this week. <laughs> Sometimes it's just time. Um, <laughs> the Ulster semi final on Sunday, four o'clock. Monaghan against uh, Fermanagh. Oshin will be watching this uh, one for us. We have thirty seconds on this one. Monaghan to win, lads. Monaghan to win. Yeah, Monaghan to win. And and point Colin made during the week as well, not to just completely steal all his points. Donegal have had to beat. Tyrone and Armagh to get to the same yeah, stage of the yeah. championship that Fermanagh have had to beat Antrim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 There's, well, something, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's something beautiful about the Ulster there's Championship. There's a couple of quirks in there yeah. as well, obviously. But Shane uh, for this week. We will be back again uh, next week. But that's it for the minute. Uh, Mick, thanks a million. Thank you. Tommy. Cheers. The Friday GAA Podcast with thanks to GAA Go, official home for live and on-demand GAA match streaming worldwide.